1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best forever!
2: Best
0: forever! do And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frank, hey, what's going on, bud?
3: Hey, hey. happy Friday, man. Here we are. We made it. We made what it, man. Last week. Last week. Last week. week. It's going Very up.
0: fast week. No issue here. We wait. It, what we got? I'll just uh, say it's Friday. Friday. Which means it's,
4: it's my Florio Friday. What's up, Florio? Hey, guys. New opening. Uh, I was not expecting that.
3: What do you think? You, you,
4: Chris, you can put the bed down
0: now, all the way down. Just get rid of it. It's still going? Please, please stop it. Thank you.
4: <laughs> Florio, continue. I was just waiting to do do do, but I like it, guys. Just get you amped to get us amped. It, yeah, it definitely uh, makes me feel like I should be going out and you know playing a game of basketball.
0: Or uh, you, 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 uh, you. I noticed you lost your, your picture. It's gone. I'm in a different room. Uh, you, you, I have two rooms that I do it from. Okay, you, you didn't get, uh, you didn't get the artwork for this room yet? No. Oh, all right. Put a lot of stuff
4: off. <laughs> I can tell, man. How are you? You're, you're, uh, you look good. You look healthy. Thank you. Yeah, it was in, the last Friday when I wasn't on here, I went out, uh, jet skiing in the Gulf of Mexico, and it's so much fun. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done, but I got really, really sunburned, so luckily my face isn't peeling like my arms and backs are just peeling like crazy right now. Yeah, you gotta put some suntan lotion on for sure.
3: Did you go visit Mama and Papa Florio? Is that where you were at? Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah.
4: Then they're good. They're good. I got to see them. I got to see my dog for the first time in over a year. That was really fun. Nice. Uh, did you remember? Yeah. Me? Yes. Oh, the whole time I was there, she just she did not leave my side. That's so that awesome. was that makes you feel good. I got to see my grandparents for the first time in a while. So it was it was a cool trip. Very good. Very, very, very nice. So,
0: uh, on the program today, uh, Florio, you should be taking our bets because Frank and I super hot.
3: Ad- admittedly, Greg, uh, you a little bit hotter than I am.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's a team That's effort. Probably man. the
3: only time I'll ever say that. Thank you. So enjoy it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm doing well right now. My picks. I'm I'm reading. Scorching.
3: I, I am, man. I I, I
0: am. I kind of want to buy in on Marco Gonzalez tonight too, which is nuts. But kind of like it.
3: That sounds like the uh, the under for the Oreos and the Rangers all over. <laughs> so, let's not do that. We'll get to the
0: best bets forever coming up a little bit later on, but we want to get into the waiver wire uh, for the upcoming week with our guy, Michael Florio. And I'm looking at the 12-team leagues, and again, not a huge week for waivers. A lot of the names are names that we've talked about over the past several weeks. Nobody you're going to um, blow your budget on. No Kyle Tucker here. Um, no Newer Don Alvarez. None of these big-time prospects coming up. Florio, who's the biggest name that you're spending the money on this weekend?
4: See, this is one of those weeks where I think a lot of it is team-based. Like like you said, there's no must-add. You have to go out and blow your fab on this guy. So it comes down to what is it that you need. Like, if you're in need of power right now, then yeah, pick up Jay Bruce. He's red hot for the Phillies right now. The ball seems to be leaving the park every day for him. But if you're in need of, you know, say you need saves, like Jose LeClerc and Hunter Strickland are two names that you guys wrote down that I I would be, you know, speculating on picking up. I think it's more one of those weeks driven based on what you need rather than like, hey, there's this guy that I really think you should go and pick up. Fair enough. So it's all about
0: team base. Well, one name that you do wonder about, and it could be out there in some leagues, Frank. He's Dallas Keuchel, who finally signs yesterday. There were strong rumors about the Yankees. It was always the Yankees and Braves at the end. Ultimately, the Braves offered more money. The Yankees wanted to give him about 11.1 mil, I believe, where the Braves all went all the way up to 13. They got their man. He's reporting to AAA Gwinnett starting this weekend. And then, you know a couple of starts later, he's going to be back in the majors. Frank, what did you think the Braves signing Keuchel? How does it affect their rotation? And what do you expect from him the rest of the way?
3: Yeah, I actually thought this was a really, really smart signing for the Atlanta Braves. As good as their young pitchers are, you have to wonder at some point, you know, are they going to have to skip starts here and there with Soroka and Max Freed? Uh, do they have an innings limit? You know, Soroka has had the shoulder issues in the past, so you know, as good as these guys have pitched and, and they've pitched well, I think they needed another veteran presence in there. And we know Dallas Keuchel is certainly worthy of. You know, being an innings eater, but he's a little bit better than that, too. I don't want to just kind of pigeonhole him into being uh, an innings eater, a guy that's going to give you like a four ERA and, and you know just go out there every fifth day and give you six or seven innings because I do think that he can be better than that. Now, his ERAs over the past five years, he's he's been a little bit all over the map. It's been 3.74, 2.90, 4.55, 2.48, and 2.93. I would say he's probably closer to that three point seven four last year, rest of season. If he's anywhere, you know, in a, in a mid to high threes ERA, but there's still value in that. You know, based on pitching so far this season, a lot of aces have let us down to this point. You know, uh, Aaron Nola has been up and down. Trevor Bauer again yesterday didn't look great. So, you know, if he can pitch to a mid to high threes ERA, there is value in that. I actually saw Derek Cardi, who does the the bat projections, tweeting about this earlier. He says he has him did for... Did you see the
0: tweet, or did you see Florio's retweet of it?
3: Uh, I, I believe it was Derek Hardy's actual tweet. All right, fair enough. But, you know, maybe it was the retweet. But, uh, you know, he has him for around a mid-threes ERA the rest of the way. Um, uh, he has him for
4: 397.
3: 397?
4: Yeah. Okay. So this is... I, I have it right in front of me. He has him for 17 games. Uh, seven wins 397 era 1.32 whip and a 6.5 k per nine and I saw that and I thought those numbers are gross and Derek keeps tweeting that that would be a top 30 fantasy starting pitcher going forward and it made in the projections models that probably I'm not gonna deny that at all but when I seen those stats and I get it like that is still a well below league average for starters era but That's above the league average whip. That's well below the league average K per nine. So that's just really like he's going to help you in ERA and wins, be league average and whip and hurt you in strikeouts, actually. But I I do think if you have Dallas Keiko, like I have him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. If he was to do that, I'd be okay with it because there's so much unknown with him sitting out the first two months. But I would be lying if I said I wasn't hoping for better numbers than that.
0: Well, it doesn't exactly surprise me what, what Cardi projects for him. Dallas Keuchel's the strikeouts are never going to be high. I don't think the ERA is going to be significant. Is going to be very very low. I don't think he's that kind of pitcher anymore.
2: Yeah,
3: so I was actually looking at his Fangraphs page where his uh, the bat projections were completely different. So it's good to know uh, that you know uh, according to his tweets he does have him for a three nine seven ERA, but on uh, Fangraphs he had him for a three four nine. So three nine seven uh, not nearly as good, but I think you can see uh, an ERA for a pitcher like Dallas Keuchel who pitches more sort of contact. There's going to be more fluctuation because. Uh, there's a little bit more luck involved. You know, a guy who depends a lot on ground balls and getting double plays and then having good defense behind him. Uh, A lot of the times it's out of his control. It's what does his defense do for him uh, behind him. So that's why you see the fluctuation in ERA. Uh, But I mean, look, pitching has been all over the map so far this year. So if you get a sub four ERA on a Braves team where you know he should get some solid run support, should be able to win some games, Uh, obviously not as... Not as good of a team as the Houston Astros, but I think, you know, getting to face the pitcher will help him a little bit as well. Of course. Uh, But, you know, I put out a poll before the show, Greggy. Where would you rank him rest of season? Top 40 starting pitcher, outside the top 40, and I believe outside the top 40 is actually winning the poll. I think I
0: probably would have chosen outside the top 40.
3: Yeah, I think, I, I believe I
0: chose... Of course, if he was top a Yankee, I would. Of course, after a Yankee, I would have said uh, inside the top forty. Yeah, of course you would. naturally. <laughs> I'm just you know. just being transparent here.
3: Yeah, even though uh, you know being a Yankee would have probably actually much hurt worse. his value. Yes. Yeah, pitching in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right now, forty-one percent of the vote says outside the top forty. So, not a lot of people uh, excited about Dallas Keuchel from a fantasy perspective. Here. Do you
0: think Mike the Braves should have signed Kimbrel
4: instead of Keuchel? I'm happy they didn't as a Luke Jackson owner. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they could have used either one. I think they went with Keiko because he's cheaper, and the Braves have shown that they have, like, no desire to really spend money. And they continue to get a pass on it. I think Braves fans should be harder on their organization for not spending money. But, yeah, I think they went with Keiko because he was the cheaper option of the two. Uh, A question that I haven't really seen an answer to yet, uh, who do you guys think is going to get the boot from this rotation now?
3: Oh, this is an easy one.
4: It's Kevin Gosman. The gas—that's yeah, what I thought. It's Kevin Gunn. I thought too, but they have—they've invested in him. He sucks. He's bad, Mike. No, he is. I'm not. I'm not arguing that he's not. But when I first looked at the rotation, I was like, he's who should come out. But I'm not 100 sure they pull him out.
3: Yeah, like Julio Tehran, his underlying numbers are not great, but he's actually pitched better since like the st- the, the turn of May. So he's been better. You know, Max Freed. Uh, has regressed a little bit. I think we were all expecting that he wasn't going to pitch like a, you know, sub two five ERA for the rest of the season. Soroka's awesome, and he's going to be in there, you know, a, as long as the the yeah, shoulder holds said. up. But uh, you know, maybe later on in the season, if they if they're skipping starts for Freed or a or a Soroka, then Gaussman will just work him, his way back into it. But I, th- I think it's very clear he's been the worst starting pitcher of the bunch here. Uh, Fulte has, you know, he's still shaking off some rust, so I think you kind of give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but we've seen that Fulte's upside is higher than a guy like Gausman. So, uh, me personally, I, w- I would say Gausman. I think Keuchel is in here, and I think it was a really good fit from, like, a baseball perspective sure. for Atlanta. But, you know, just piggybacking off what Mike was saying, and I know Mike was, you weren't, like, a huge uh, Dallas Keuchel fan last year either. I kind of, like, talked you guys into him on the team that we shared, but... Uh, I think he's better from a from a baseball perspective for Atlanta than he actually is for a fantasy.
0: Probably so. Yeah. Probably so. I know, obviously, his owner is very, very happy about the signing of Craig Kimbrell, uh and Dallas Keuchel. Florida, we get a chance to talk to you yesterday. Obviously, what do you think of the Kimbrell signing to Chicago?
4: I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense. I think they are—that's a team that's been looking for a closer since Brandon Morrow got hurt last year. Uh, they need—they're going to eventually get Morrow back, we think. So they should have some depth with him and Strope and Sheck, But they, to me, it seemed like a bullpen that was lacking the guy, and now they got their guy. I think Craig Kimbrell is going to quickly slide back into that closer role. I, I would project him as a top ten closer going forward, but we know the upside is higher. I worry a lot more about the time off affecting. Keiko, then I do Kimbrel, just because Kimbrell, he has to go out there and throw like 20, maybe 30 pitches at most at a time. He doesn't have to build up the arm strength and, and the fatigue and all that. And, and my question with the Braves, just to go back to that real quick, I, I don't, Disagree with you guys that they're going that it's going to be Gosman but my concern is is this going to be like a Dodgers situation where like we see phantom DL stints here and there to protect their young pitchers and stuff like that is my bigger concern. Is it going to become more of a, a headache for the other guys?
3: Potentially, yeah. I mean, we could see something a way for uh, for them to limit the innings overall. Um, and, and look, we've never seen Dallas Keuchel pitch outside of Houston, and we know that Houston is an organization that typically gets the most out of their starting pitchers. I mean, they basically let Keiko walk and they brought in Wade Miley. And Wade Miley is basically doing whatever Dallas Keiko would have been doing for this team anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not just, all right, he's definitely going to be the pitcher that he has been in years past because Houston just finds a way to get the most out of their starting pitchers. So... Uh, let's keep that in mind. I think if there's a chance, and I know know, this is kind of a theory that you've worked with for a while now, Mike, that it's more so for prospects, right? Like when a prospect first gets called up, there's a lot of hype on that guy. And if you could turn him into a player that you trust more rest of season, that's something that you could look into doing. And I think if there's people in your league that are excited that Dallas Keuchel just signed and, oh, he's going to be in the National League and he's going to be better than he was in Houston, now might be the time to shop him just to see what you can get because there might be people in your league that are excited about him.
4: Yeah, I agree and I think like I have Kaikel in the great fantasy baseball rotation. I spoke with you guys when he was a free agent and you all like, kind of like we all agree like 60 I think I bid $61. The runner up was a dollar, so I mean I've well overspent, but I've been sashing him the last month and I would like to be in a position where I have Keiko. This is the only team I have him on, but I think this is the type of scenario where you feel good if you have Keiko. My pitching has been pretty strong so far this year, so he is now just like a cherry on top of that. Like, he's another option. He's a depth option for me. I don't need him to come in and be Dallas Keuchel of old. I think that's where you you want to be in the position if you have Dallas Keuchel. I don't think you're saying, finally, I'm getting Dallas Keuchel back, the savior of my rotation. If you're expecting him to be like Dallas Keuchel from a couple years ago, I think you're expecting way too much. Especially since we've seen pitchers miss time. But we haven't seen a pitcher, you know, not really debut till mid-June. Like, from not playing, not from being injured. So... It's a very unique circumstance.
3: We're almost twenty minutes into the show. Yes, and we haven't even mentioned Happy Didi Gregorius Day, Greggy.
4: I was
0: coming, man. Let's i was go. starting the next segment with it. Didi coming back from Tommy John surgery uh, in October, making his debut for the Yankees tonight. The expectation is he will play two out of every three days to start. Uh, two out of every three days in the in the um, in a series. And listen, it's going to be tough. I think early on in leagues where you are, it's just weekly moves, to start him. Because you know he's going to get at least two days off a week, which means if the Yankees have six games, he's only playing four of those games at maximum. So I think it's going to be very, very tough to start him immediately.
3: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think, uh, you know, in deeper leagues where, you know, if you need help in middle infield, like if you've been stashing this guy in a 15-teamer, uh, just the fact that, you know, he's going to likely hit in the middle of the Yankees lineup, and we've talked for years now about how his swing is just a, a match made in heaven or Yankee Stadium, in those deeper leagues, even if they're a weekly format, you're probably still getting him in. But something that I'm finding already now, Greg, is that in 12-team leagues where I've been stashing him, I have a surplus of middle infielders. And I think there might be a lot of other people in that situation. There have been a lot of shortstops and second basemen that have broken out this year. You know, the Jorge Polancos of the world. You know, we just got Fernando Tatis back. People are going to be in a position here where over the next couple of weeks, they can shop. Some of their middle infielder to to potentially make a trade, so uh, that's something that you're going to want to look at because at least in the few leagues where where I've been stashing Didi, that is a situation that I'm in now. So I imagine a lot of people are going to be in in a similar similar spot here with dd
0: I would expect so, Florio. They've been waiting to get D.D. back, but they do have replacements ready. Uh, so we'll talk about what you thought, you think about D.D. coming back on the other side. We'll also, on the other side of the break, get into some of these players that are on the waiver wire. My guy, Avisel Garcia, your guy, Garrett Cooper, if he's out there. And maybe some other names in other leagues where people are just like, Hey, I want to take a flyer on that guy. It's a flyer week in general here on the BFF, so stick around. More next
2: That's 866-484-9621. Do you want two risk-free
1: wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet dot com forward slash grid enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets of up to one thousand dollars today
0: continuing on here on the bffs frankie Stanford, michael florio and greg sushman all hanging out with you on a friday and we wanted to get your thoughts florio before we continued on on the returning dd gregorius
4: yeah, you guys have known I've long uh, hated D.D. Gregorius Correct. because everything he does screams unsustainable, except for last year. Last year, he actually started to hit the ball more thirty uh, hard, at least 36% hard hit rate, where the year before it was 23%. Like, there's a reason why for so long I kept saying 23% hard hit rate is not going to get it done, and... and- Seeing him bring that up to 36%, I I do admit that if he could keep it at that rate, then the home run to fly ball rate is sustainable, I believe. Uh, I agree with what Frank was saying, although I think Didi is going to be one of those guys that in shallower leagues, the people who were stashing him are going to end up dropping him early on, and then someone else is going to pick him up, because like you said, Greggy, it's going to be a headache, at least the first few weeks, you think, when he's getting all this time off, Uh, and, and I expect him, you know, to have a slow start he's coming back off of uh you know a major surgery he hasn't played in the bigs in you know the last two months of the season so i i wouldn't be surprised if he got up to a little bit of a slow start and if that happens i think we're going to be getting questions hey can i cut dd gregorius because we know fantasy baseball owners and uh they're long leashes that they love to have
0: okay so there you go florist thoughts on dd Hate, 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 Hey! hate. <laughs> I, I think I said a lot of
4: positives. I think there's more positive there than normal, to be honest with you. A little more. A little more positive. You guys don't think it's reasonable that he could get off to a slow start?
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, he definitely can. Yeah, he's just coming back from, uh, from Tommy John. And we, we've already seen this with, uh, like, Clint Frazier, for example, coming back from an injury, and that was, like, a much shorter-term injury. And, you know, he struggled from the get-go. So. Yeah, I, I got mean,
4: questions about true. dropping the Fababalooza prospects within the week. A fabapalooza. So I think people are just they're like Greg and- Glad he they froze for this.
3: He's calling you out. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: I'm glad he froze when he
0: was calling me out. So that worked out perfectly.
3: Yeah. Everyone else is like <laughs> Greg now. They wanna they wanna just drop players right away.
4: Is that what he was trying to say?
3: I think so. Is that what yeah, Greggy,
4: you, you you have such a quick like you cut someone right away. Well, it depends on the guy. And I get a I get a ton of questions like I'm telling you, people were the top prospects after Fabapalooza. A few days later, people were tweeting, like, can I drop Please do not, not call it Fabapalooza.
0: Yeah, we all know it's
3: Fabageddon, Greg.
0: It's not Fabageddon either. Not a thing.
4: Fabuloso.
3: We're what what was it, Greg? It. Yeah. You called that, it, I,
0: call, uh, I called it either Fabulosa, which is amazing, or uh, just the, the the waivers. You know, it was your weekly waivers. That was fine with me. Wow.
3: Well, also very boring, Greg. So uh, you're going to have to come up with uh, with some, some new material here, Greg. Uh, Mike. Considering what you were just saying about Greg, I thought you should know that uh, we probably told you this already. In In the pit league that we have here, he dropped Josh Bell in the first week.
4: Oh, no, yeah, and he picked up someone terrible, right? Yandy Diaz. Oh, okay, I like Yandy. <laughs> it's not Josh Bell. Well, yeah,
3: but he's not Josh Bell. That's why <laughs> no. I changed my team name to Premature Droppage.
4: <laughs> Greg, you like to do a lot of stuff prematurely. Like what, Mike? <laughs> Like you know,
3: root for the Yankees, uh, like like they won a game before it's over, Greg. That's what we're talking about. I, I'll tell you one
0: thing.
4: I hope Dallas Keuchel did not shave the beard prematurely.
0: I hope not for him, his his sake either. Although I'm sure he could grow it back, like like you can very very quickly.
4: Yeah, but I I don't know. I've never had
3: like a Dallas Keuchel type beard. That's huh. that's
0: more Florio's range. You've had some gross stuff, both of you.
3: But no, I mean not not Dallas
0: <laughs> Keuchel range. <Come> on. <laughs> Disgusting. Okay, I've never had it that long. All right, guys, I'm looking at the waiver wire list here. There's literally nobody that stands out to me at all. Um, two names I'll mention briefly: Framber Valdez and Peter Lambert. Two, or Adam Lambert, Adam Peter Lambert, we'll call him. And both pitchers, both now in the rotations for their teams. When it comes to Adam Peter Lambert, I can't get in on a Colorado pitcher ever. And you guys know how I feel about Herman Marquez, about Kyle Freeland, about Johnny Gray. I feel the same way about this guy. Like he was amazing in his debut, uh, in a tough spot in Wrigley with the wind blowing out in the day game. Like that's very, very impressive. But his next start very well is could be in Colorado. I believe it is in Colorado. Am I gonna pick up Adam Lambert then? No. No, I'm not. Because that's just a recipe for disaster.
3: Yeah. I just put his name on this list because he does have some prospect pedigree. He's the fourth-ranked prospect in the Rockies organization, according to MLB.com. Uh, known for having plus control and actually, you know, plus secondary pitches. It's not—it's not really his fastball as his best pitch, which we normally see from a lot of prospects nowadays. It's his curveball is a sixty grade. His changeup is a sixty grade as well. Uh, but you know, look, he did pitch well yesterday, so I think it was you know worth mentioning at the least. But. Yeah, look, seven innings pitched, four hits, one run, one walk, nine strikeouts against the Chicago Cubs. He had 13 swinging strikes on 95 pitches. He had a 93.5 mile per hour fastball on average. You know, worked in that changeup, that curveball. Um, you know, an NL only league. I'll take a shot, 15 teamer. If I'm really desperate, maybe stash him. But you know, anything shallower than that, I'll I'll just watch now and see if anything develops here. But Yeah, his next start is going to be in Colorado. I believe it's also against the Cubs, so obviously don't really love that spot, but I think it was worth mentioning how how great of a debut he did have. Mike, do you have any interest in Peter Lambert?
4: No, so I tweeted about him yesterday because I agree, Frank, it was worth mentioning. And a lot of people started to to say, hey, should I pick him up? And my response kept being no. He's a guy that I'm more interested in watching now, keeping an eye on. But I don't want to overlook the fact that in 11 starts last year at AAA and 11 starts this year at AAA, the ERA was over five in both places. Uh, he wasn't a big strikeout guy. I understand that's the PCL, Colorado Springs, tough place to pitch, but so was Coors Field. So if he was struggling there, I'm not ready to to fully sell on, to buy on him being a great pitcher. I thought it was one really good outing. Uh, it's definitely someone to put on your watch list to keep an eye on going forward, but not someone that I am looking to pick up just yet. What about your other,
0: the other man I mentioned here, your Valdez? any injuries there, Florian?
4: Yeah, so I'm pretty excited for him because I have him in the Tout Wars draft and hold. And obviously, you know, in a league like that, any arm you can get is useful. But for redrafts, he is more of a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on before I rush and pick up. I understand he's been pitching well, uh, really as using corbin martin as an opener and coming in and and pitching after that but i want to see him what he can do getting the full start how deep they're going to push him into this game and everything before i can really say run and pick this guy up in redraft leagues to me he's more of a much deeper league option like like i'm a 50 league 50 round draft and hold that's a lot different from a, a regular redraft league
3: Yeah, for me, I think Framer Valdez, my profile more as a reliever, relies a lot on his sinker and curveball. That's fine, it could work. Uh, Also uses a four seamer, but basically two pitches here uses the sinker and curveball a lot. Left handed pitcher, and you look throughout the minor leagues, a lot of. High ground ball rates. So that's something that we'll be looking into here. You know, I'm probably more likely to pick up Framber Valdez in a deeper league, like a 15 teamer over a guy like Peter Lambert. Because again, when it comes to the Astros, it seems like they're able to figure these guys out, unless of course her name is Corbin Martin. Sure. But, uh, you know, he, he's going to have uh, some offensive run support for him, so potentially could get some wins. But I do. Is he going to go that deep into games? Um, so. It's a mixed bag here, but because he plays for Houston, I, th- I think I'm more likely to take a shot on him than I am Peter Lambert, although I don't really have much interest in either. Just in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, I don't really have an interest in either of these guys, to be honest with you. Frank, who's your number one ad this week? I mean, we, we, Jay Bruce and Garrett Cooper and, and my man, Avaceo Garcia. Like, We've been there. We've kind of done that. Like, I, I try to find somebody that people don't know about and people should be excited about. And I gotta be honest with you. You made this list, and it's really, really helpful. But I'm not excited about any of them.
3: <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of pe- uh, how a lot of people are going to feel. But you know, Mike was talking about Fabuloso, fabageddon, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of those players are struggling right now. I mean, let's see what's going on. You know, outside of Austin Riley, who's been awesome, Kesson Hira was awesome. Now in the minor leagues, Nicky Lopez has struggled. Oscar Mercado has been mostly good, but you know, sometimes these veteran players can be even more useful than prospects because we're spending all this money on prospects. And for the most part, a lot of the prospects haven't worked out so far this year. I mean, ask me about Carter Keboom, who I'm still holding in a few leagues, but you know, overall, I think just because we don't have prospects doesn't mean that it can't be a fruitful uh, waiver wire week. I agree with what Mike said earlier on. I think a lot of it comes down to what you need. If you need pop, Jay Bruce makes a lot of sense. The batting average isn't going to be great, but as we've seen already in his short time with Philly, he's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. Uh, the pop is there. He had the multi-home run game earlier on in the week. I really like Garrett Cooper a lot. I think if you lost Andrew McCutcheon and you haven't had a chance uh, for for fab bidding yet, if it's coming for the uh, this weekend for you, then Garrett Cooper is a name that I would be on. You know, since May 22nd, a 351 batting average, five homers, 18 runs scored, 14 RBIs. Uh, doesn't strike out all that much. There's a 15% strikeout rate during that time, a 41% hard contact rate. So I like Garrett Cooper a lot towards the top of the Marlins lineup. Uh, Scott Kingery is a name that I think a lot of people are going to flock to, Great. I think it's worth mentioning Ramon Laureano. And I know that we kind of like joke with each other about how I wanted you to bid on him during GDD. I went to the bathroom. It turns out we miss out on Ramon Laureano. You wanted Wilma Flores. No,
0: we missed out on Domingo Santana because you went to the bathroom.
3: Domingo Santana, who has actually cooled off. But uh, Ramon Laureano, the opposite of Domingo Santana. I mean, since you know over the past 30 days for him, 313 batting average, 352 OBP, 556 slug, Five home runs, 16 runs scored, 11 RBIs, three stolen bases. He's doing a little bit of everything. Again, like the batting average is there. He's hitting the ball hard, 47% hard contact rate over the last 30 days. Uh, a two forty-two ISO, 43% fly ball rate, yeah. Mike. So, you know, he's he's part of that 40-40 club over the past 30 days. Gives you some pop. He's got some speed. He's hitting for average up over three thirteen. Pretty good Oakland A's lineup. I think if you need a little bit of everything in a 12-team league, I don't know that everyone has realized how good L'Oreano has been. Mike, are you in on L'Oreano or is there someone else on this list that you like more?
4: No, I'm, I think you painted a great picture of him, how hot he's been playing. I wish they would toy with the idea of maybe moving him up in the lineup, but it seems like every night he's going to hit 7th or 8th, which is going to hurt a little bit, but you, know, you wish they would move him up so he could score some more runs, maybe get to steal some more. But like you said, Frank, he's really hot right now, and... I think this is one of those weeks where you're not looking to, outside of maybe like a D.D. Gregorius or something like or like a, if a Dallas Keuchel was out there, I think this is more of a pickup, a week where you're looking just to who's hot right now, who can I ride out the next couple weeks, not looking, hey, who can I spend a bunch of money on and it's gonna change my season, that's just not how the fab landscape is this week, so I think that's a really good call, Frank, you can pick him up, even if he fizzles out, if you get a couple home runs and a couple steals out of him the next week, those are tough moves, along with the big ones that if you pair them together, that is how you win a league, you don't just win a league off of your big pickups, it's a lot of the ones that you pick up and you ride out for a week or two, and I think you did a great job showing how hot he is and how right now he is contributing in basically all five categories. So I think he is a guy that you should be looking to pick up.
3: Someone else who's hot, Greg, and going against me this week in one of our head-to-head points leagues, he's absolutely crushing me, and I was surprised to see this. Willie Adamas. You know, much like Luriano, I don't know that people realize how well he's played. Since May 1st, a 303 batting average, five homers, 14 runs scored, 14 RBIs, two stolen bases. So, you know, since May 1st, there hasn't really been a hole in his game. Batting averages there, giving you a little bit of pop, the run score, the RBIs. He, he was batting cleanup the other day for the Tampa Bay Rays, 9.1% walk rate. I mean, this is, you know, a, he was a top prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays. We thought maybe he's a guy who can hit 15 to 20 home runs, 10 to 12, maybe 15 stolen bases, gives you a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and it seems like everything that the Rays do Seems to be a right move. I mean, obviously, uh, trading away Archer and getting Austin Meadows and Glasnow. Uh, Glasnow was pitching awesome. Austin Meadows, you know, if the season ended today, is a top three MVP candidate in the AL. But let's not forget about Willie Adamas. I mean, the hard contact is up as well. The line drive rate, um, lowering his strikeouts. He got off to a really, really cold start, Greg. And I think that's why, if you look at his overall numbers, they're still not where they should be. But if you look at it just from May 1st on... He's been one of the best middle infielders and that's William Adamas. So I think he's in a category with Ramon Loriano where you might not realize how good he's been, but he's been really good.
0: I'm actually cool with both of those guys, to be honest with you because Adamas obviously is the prospect pedigree and Ramon Laureano does a little bit of everything. I mean, you, you gave the numbers and Really, just since June started, he's done more than he had in all the other months, right? With two stolen bases and two home runs, taking away everything else, and it's only June 7th. So, Ramon Laureano, in five games in June, I agree, Mike. I'd love to see him move up the batting order. I don't think it happens. But Laureano, I think, is absolutely somebody to pick up. And William Adames, if you're looking for infield help, and we all kind of are, I-, I think it's worth it. How much of your budget are you using on these guys?
3: Probably I'm, not much. I'm not really going to, like, break the bank for any of them, but it depends, you know... What you need, right? Like, if you, uh, if you need someone who can give you a little bit of everything, who can give you some pop, some speed, like, yeah, maybe you'd be a little bit more aggressive on, on a Luriano and an Adamus. Maybe both of them, right? So I probably wouldn't go more than, like, 5 6% of my fad budget. What are you thinking, Mike? Does that sound right?
4: Yeah, that sounds right to me, but I would be more aggressive on those two guys than the others, because there is a chance, again, that this is just a hot streak, and Willie Adamas does, to me, seem like a peaks and valleys type hitter, he's a free swinger, he likes to chase pitches out of the zone, and I know this recent hot streak, he's gotten his numbers back to looking like they were last year, and... If he can do that, I think he will be a Peaks and valleys type hitter. But there is a chance that he's still just twenty three years old. He is a former top prospect. He could this could be more than just a hot streak. So because of that with these two guys that they're young and the pedigree that they did possess just a few months ago, so I, I think because of that, yeah, I want to be a little bit more aggressive on these than some of the other more boring veteran names who are guys who we know they are. And like I feel much more confident saying, Jay Bruce is just hot right now. Then Jay Bruce is something else. Whereas Willie Adams and Loriano, maybe they are in fact figuring something out and building on it. So because there's a little bit more unknown, a little bit more higher upside with these guys, I would put be a little bit more aggressive with them than I would with some of the the more proven players that we know who they are. What about
0: a prospect you mentioned before, Frank, about Scott Kingery or Florian. It might have been you mentioned Kingery, but Adam Hazley's gotten called up for Philly as well, and he's going to get some playing time too. Obviously, Jay Bruce. Uh, acquisition does uh, kind of make things a bit convoluted in that Philly outfield. But what about Adam Hazley?
4: I'll throw it out to you, Mike. Uh, he is. He's not a player I can totally get excited for right now, just because the playing time concerns. Like I, I still do. I don't think Miguel Franco is going to completely go away and and just become you know relegated to a bench role. I, I think Scott Kingery is going to get a lot of time out there. I think Jay Bruce is red hot right now, and they're going to find every way to get him out in left field and get him those at bats. Nick Williams is still there, so I want to see the playing time in Philly kind of settle a little bit before I can really get excited about him. I would rather pick up Lord uh the other two guys that we were just talking about.
3: Yeah, this is a more deeper league add, and it only should be added just because it seems like for the time being, as long as Odubel Herrera is on administrative leave, he's gonna play most of the time. I would say that for for Adam Hazley. and you know maybe in a fifteen teamer, you know Loriano's not gonna be out there anymore. Evisael Garcia is not gonna be out there. So if you're desperate for an outfielder, you know you need five outfielders to start, I get it. But anything shallower than fifteen teamers, I can't really uh, advocate for. Uh, Adam Hazley and we spoke about him the other day, right? He has a he has a plus hit tool, but if you look at his minor league numbers, hasn't really offered much upside outside of that. Like in 2018, last year between high A ball and double A, he hit 305 with 11 homers and seven steals. That's fine, and right. maybe he gets better at the major league level, but we don't really have anything to go off of that. You know, he's going to hit for a lot of power, or he's going to steal a lot of bases. It really just seems like he might be some empty batting.
0: Fine MLB player from a fantasy perspective. There may not be enough there. We'll take a break here. We're going to come back. I'm going to give you the Jason Stark trivia question of the week. We're going to give our fantasy best bets forever. And we'll take a look at stuff from last night we haven't got a chance to talk about yet. So that's the next 20 minutes. And then we're done. Stick around. More next.
1: What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Rain dance. Make it rain. His uh, girl there put together a list of uh, do's and don'ts at this bachelor party for him. Starting off the list, we've got no cigarettes, no alcohol, no strippers, dancers, women at all. Oh, yeah, and here's the best part about it. No gambling. Vavono, if you had this list, what kind of uh, bachelor party would you have had? I don't know what kind of bachelor party I would have had. I know for a fact I would have had a party that said the wedding's off weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto-Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto-Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com
0: All right, the final 20 minutes of the program. The Undertaker theme because the Undertaker returning today in Saudi Arabia in just a few hours.
3: Oh, right. I forgot about Jenna. that. We got Super Showdown, right? We got Super Showdown. I've read some
0: spoilers that are happening.
3: Undertaker versus Goldberg. Yeah. I can't think of
4: anything Wait, that's a real thing? Yeah, it's going to be like a three-minute match for sure. I've fallen off so hard, guys, and I apologize. I apologize. It's it's very bad. That match is going to be terrible. Yeah.
3: Like, I I basically boycotted WWE. I I don't really watch any of their actual programming. Like, I still watch NXT because, like, the in-ring product is amazing. Amazing. And, like, I'm going to watch AEW because Double or Nothing was awesome. But outside of that, like... I haven't watched a Raw or SmackDown in—I I want to say like a year and a half. I'm
0: gonna be honest with you. This is the least that I have watched wrestling
4: in like two decades. It's very bad. I'm right? glad. Yeah. I'm really glad you guys are saying that because like my one friend out here who watches, he's still been watching, and I'm like, it seems like it's been pretty terrible. Like I haven't watched since Mania at all. Yeah. And I don't think I'm missing much at all. I I, I don't think so. Like I've I've never been
0: now. I as always, I'm still very very into the. The behind the scenes product and that kind of stuff
3: Oh yeah like i love the stuff that's going on with dean ambrose right now yeah awesome john moxley all his like interviews and stuff he's but i'm just not like ripping wwe but
0: uh the big raw smackdown itself i've never been this
4: disinterested ever
3: Mike, did you get a chance to listen to the uh chris jericho podcast with dean or, Ambrose or
4: wade kellers i did not yet but i want to it sounds like fun i i wanted to listen on my flight and then i started watching the nba final game and i totally forgot
3: well, yeah, you should you should check it out. And anyone else out there who's a who's a wrestling fan, you should check out the uh, the interview with Chris Jericho. You, if you're a wrestling fan, you probably listened to it already. Uh, but I tried to listen to the Wade Keller one, Greg. It was basically like an ad commercial in like every other like two minutes, so it was very frustrating. And Dean Ambrose like called in on his phone, and just audio quality wasn't great. So I didn't I honestly didn't listen. I, to it. I just that. read the transcript. Jericho one was
0: very good. Are you guys ready for the trivia yeah. question? Sure. Yeah. All right. Bruce Bochy just became the only active manager with a thousand wins for his current team. In the three other managers with six hundred plus wins for their team, I know two of them off the top of my head. And manager is definitely my thing.
3: Yeah, you're you're definitely the manager. It is guy. more so of thing. You're excluded thing. from this for now.
0: Really? Okay. <laughs> that's that's fine. Six. I'm confident with two of my with two answers immediately. I'll try to think of a third.
3: With the same team? Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh uh-huh, Bochi Bochi, 1,000. Um, scrolling. Uh, Bob the- Melvin. Yep.
0: That was one that I thought of. Yep.
3: Bob Melvin with Oakland. Mike Solskjaer um,
4: around. Yeah, Mike Solskjaer would have been a shoe in.
3: <laughs> he probably had 1,000, right? I'm sure he did. Yeah.
4: Mm. You know what my issue is right now? I keep thinking of teams that have won a lot, but they all have new managers recently. Sure. Yankees yeah, and Red Sox, yeah. Yeah. Cubs with like Madden hasn't reached 600 with the Cubs yet, right? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so.
3: Like, I don't think AJ Hinch has done it either.
4: He was a name that I thought
3: Astros. about. A name that, but 600 is yeah. too many.
0: 600 is too, too many.
3: Yeah.
4: Who do you got, Greg?
0: Ned Yost. Been with Kansas oh, yeah. City for a long time.
4: That, that makes sense. That's, that's definitely there. There's he was there more. during that.
0: So, those are the two that immediately came to mind. AJ
4: Ned Yost, Bob Melvin.
0: AJ Hinch, I thought about for sure.
4: AJ, AJ Hinch. Hinch might be there because they win like 100 games a year. Yeah.
0: So that was one that definitely came to mind immediately. Those three. What about Frank Conor with Cleveland? Has he been at Cleveland long
4: enough? I, my guess is it's one of those two is the third. All right. So you
0: like those two answers then? All
2: yeah.
3: Right. Um,
0: like
4: no one else that's really been
3: manager for a long time. With a
0: team, right? Yeah. For that long? Bruce, uh, Cones, Reds, Pirates. What about Clint Hurdle at Pittsburgh? been in Pittsburgh for a long time now.
3: That's a good one. Clint Hurdle's pretty that good. And they're always, like, right around 80 e wins. wins, yeah. I yeah, bet you it's back, one of them. Yes.
0: I kind of like I'm going to go with the Clint Hurdle
3: guess. That's what I'm going to say. Mikey, uh, no no love for Mickey Callaway.
4: Yeah, I could guarantee you it's not Mickey <laughs> Callaway. All right. But to- that's the thing, man. Like, I was like, the Yankees, no. Red Sox, no. No. Nope. Like, Phillies, no. Like. So many teams that you would think right away, but yeah. they have new managers. Nailed it. Clint
0: Ned Yost, yeah. Clint Hurdle, Bob Melvin. I got them all right.
3: Well, there you go, Greg. But this that, was more a Greg Sussman
4: trivia. Absolutely. absolutely. That does that it, an does an does one it one have like who's next? Like, is it, it does, is it
0: yes. Next up is Terry Francona, 576. So he should get there this oh, year. Oh, he's close, yeah. I get there this year. Francona. Maybe not. Up next, Joe Madden, 421, followed by A.J. Hinch at 417. All
3: right. So not really close at all. Nope.
0: But uh, So, Frank Kona was really next up, obviously. Uh, but Yost, Melvin Hurdle. Sweet. That was your trivia question of the week from Jason Stark. We appreciate it, Jason. Frank, I know you wanted to get into the two-star pitchers with Florio.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to throw some, uh, some names out there. I don't know that people have realized this or not, but Dakota Hudson has actually been pretty, uh, pitching pretty damn well recently. I just learned that. Recently, and next week, he's going up at Miami and at the New York Mets. Pretty good two-star week. Mike, are you interested in Dakota Hudson?
4: Of all the names on this list, yeah, he would be the one that I'm most interested in, but it's still really hard for me to get excited about him. His walks per nine is not far off from his strikeout per nine. That's, That's not great. And while the ERA looks pretty good right now, there's There's a lot of indicators screaming that it's not sustainable. The FIP is a lot higher. The XFIP is higher. The strand rate. I mean, like, I I look at all his numbers, and I think this guy's an okay pitcher. I'm okay using him against the Marlins and the Mets. The Marlins have been pretty hot. The Mets can't really hit at all. So I'm okay using him there in this matchup. But after that, I would probably cut bait with him.
3: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm looking at his last five starts where he's delivered a quality start in each one of those. So I think if you play in a quality start league, that uh, adds some extra... Motivation for you, he's got a 2.64 ERA during that span. Reggie, he's got a 4.67 XFIP during that span as well. 4.7 Ks per nine over his last five starts. 3.8 walks per nine. <laughs> I'll just I'll just <laughs> let that sink in. For a That's little. not good. <laughs> just I'll just let that sink in. I'll throw that out there. Uh, Mikey, John Means has pitched pretty well this year. Uh, versus Toronto, I John like that. I can get behind Means. that. But then versus Boston, so... It's one of these, and it seems like this happens more often than not, where when you have a two-star pitcher who's on the waiver wire, there'll be one start that you're enticed by, and then the other one you're like, ah, but that one really scares me. What do you think about John Means?
4: I don't love him because the Blue Jays, while I understand it is a very favorable matchup, they, they've been a little bit hot as of late. Plus, they're a team that, they, all the. it seems like almost every guy they send up to the plate could take you deep at any point, and... That's what happened, like, the other day with, uh, with Tanaka, right? Like, he was pitching really well, and then they got to him for a couple home runs late, and it really made the start look pretty gross. So, Means is one that I'm a little bit more cautious with because of those matchups.
3: Greggy, I'll throw one your way. How about this? Jared Eickhoff versus Ariza- Arizona, who is actually one of the coldest teams in baseball right now. Over the past seven days, they have a 604 OPS that is the worst in baseball. And at Atlanta. Any interest, Greggy. I versus Arizona at Atlanta. Yeah. If you need it if you need a two star pitcher, fine. Yeah, sure. I, th- I think you could like yeah. you could do
4: worse. The yeah. matchups aren't terrible. Sure. I I agree. I, I would use Ikeov over means personally. I would as well. The, I don't want that Boston star. The
3: gas man, yeah. Greggy. Get him while you can.
0: You don't even know he's gonna make two starts. So no First
3: Philly versus Pitt. I don't want the gas man. I'm out. Jake Junis versus Detroit at Minnesota. I'm done with Jake Junis, man. You're done with Jake Junis. Junis. I'll throw this name out there. I have a little bit of interest. It's Anibal Sanchez. Anibal Sanchez! His last two starts that he's made since returning from injury, one earned run, over 11 and a third innings pitched. The strikeouts have been there for him as well. At Chicago White Sox, who are prone to striking out, and in versus Arizona, a team that's very cold right now. I have mild interest in Anibal Sanchez. Mike, what do you think?
4: I... I a video just randomly started playing on my laptop and I don't know where it's coming from but I uh, I had Anibal Sanchez earlier this year and he was he was disappointing but in this if you're trying to build off of his two hot starts I'm okay with that but I don't really love Anibal Sanchez. I had him earlier in the year and it was it was pretty dreadful.
3: Mike, Jason Vargas, one of the hottest pitchers in baseball right now. All he needed was that guy from the 17th or 18th century to to <laughs> ask him questions in the, in the Mets clubhouse, and all of a sudden, he's turned it around. Greg, did you know that Jason Vargas has the second lowest ERA in the Mets starting rotation? I did you not. Know? I did not, Frank. It, it is lower than Noah Syndergaard, and it is lower than Zach Wheeler. Hmm. Yeah, he's going at the Yankees and versus St. Louis. Mike, you got to be in on the Mets,
4: right? I actually wrote about Jason Vargas on Patreon the other day, and uh, in his last five starts, he's a 178 ERA, 323 fit, 414 x fit he's averaging 8ks per nine and he has a 1.05 whip and despite all that i still want absolutely nothing to do with him he uh you know what his average fastball velocity was against the giants the other day i'll say 80 80- 86 no no that would be high for him it actually dropped down to 83.9 miles per hour oh my he's god he's set between 85 and all year 85 all year whereas last year he was at least hitting 86 and 87 I don't know what he is really doing right now because there's not a change in his pitch arsenal there's not an added jump in velocity there really seems to be nothing explaining how he's pitching so well right now but when you see him throwing low 80s yeah I want nothing to do with it I'm gonna stay away from Jason Vargas still
3: like, what does it say about the Mets pitching staff, though? And this is not just a jab because it's it's frustrating. You know, I was texting you watching Zach Wheeler yesterday. He still got doomed by the long Could ball me against right. the Giants of all teams. Uh, and Noah Syndergaard has just been so inconsistent this year. Like, what does it say that Jason Vargas is able to shut down the Giants, but, like, Zach Wheeler, all in all, his start was good, but he didn't shut them down the way that Jason Vargas did. Like, what's going on with the Mets, man? Like, I, I just don't get it. They haven't been able to figure out... Wheeler or Syndergaard for whatever reason this year. I, I just, I don't know why.
4: Both of them have been plagued by the long ball. More Wheeler. I actually think Wheeler's been pitching really well this year outside of the long ball issues. Like, I was tweeting it yesterday. He's got six innings and 11 straight starts, and I believe it was like eight of them. He's got seven or more. Like, that's really useful. And and you look at all his numbers, and the ERA is, re- is, is the one stat, and I know it's a stat that, that we care about most, but it's the really one stat that, is ruining his season, but the indicators all say he should be better. It's the the issues with the long ball. He's allowed almost as many as he did last year in a hundred fewer innings. And that's an issue with Syndergaard. I believe Syndergaard's already allowed more this year than he had all of last year. So, for whatever reason, I mean, it's a, it's an epidemic around baseball. We see it happening with Trevor Bauer. We see a lot of pitchers just this year, the long ball is flying out more than ever. And it really is. Since 2002, it is by far the highest uh, home run to fly ball rate for starting pitchers, at least as of yesterday. So I, I don't think it is an issue that is just to them. I think Wheeler is pitching better than he's getting credit for. Syndergaard has been definitely a headache. I know Wheeler's been frustrating as well, but Syndergaard more so, I feel like. But I do think both of them have better days ahead. It's just the, the long ball issues have been, have been for real, and they're not alone there. And with that, we're going to sign
0: off of YouTube for today. Coming up next, it's At the Window with Sean Guastamacchia. So stick around for that. At the Window, coming to your way next, and he's a bunch of interviews lined up, so it should be fun. It's At the Window with Sean Guastamacchia next. For everybody watching at home, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Probably at a new time. Follow our Twitter for that. All right. <laughs> Five minutes to go, Frank and Mike, which means it's time for our best bets forever. Yesterday, all I was doing was crushing it as San Diego was not the sucker play. Cleveland against, or sorry, Washington against San Diego. Clear sucker play. Patrick Corbin on the mound as an underdog. They begged you to take the Washington Nationals. Thankfully, you listened to me and you didn't. And I also hit the over when it came to Cleveland at Minnesota. I'm feeling good, Frank.
3: You're hot, Greggy. Damn what do you got today? Do you have something? I something do. Something that's talking to you. I buddy. do. One, there,
0: there's two that came to mind. One you talked me out of, one that you didn't. Uh, give me the White Sox, plus 106, small dog in Kansas City against Homer Bailey and the Royals. Give me Yvonne Nova and the White Sox today.
3: I mean, the only way that you can watch this game is if you're betting on it. That's right. It's like, dude, <laughs> Yvonne Nova against Homer Bailey? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So this, is a, this is a blast from the past if I've ever seen one. Uh, but, all right, I mean, I'm not going to go down the White Sox route. I, you know, don't have a lot of faith there. I'm going to go with the—let's uh, go Mets. I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm not taking the uh, the money line here. I like the total in this one, 7.5. I understand that DeGrom is on the mound, but if he gives up a few runs here to Colorado, I know it's the Mets lineup, but they should be able to hit Antonio Senzatella a little bit, right? So 7.5 total runs. I like the over there. Uh, I think we get some runs here from the Mets against Antonio Senzatella. Segrom should be able to do his thing. It's just too low a number, Greg. Normally when we get the seven and a half total, it's like when we have two aces on the mound going against each other, it's Sagrom against Senzatella.
0: Kind of feel the same way when it comes to Kershaw and Drew Pomeranz. who got bombed last night. I was out. thinking that, too. Also
3: seven and a half. But yeah. the Giants lineup is just so, so bad. bad. Yeah, But, I, you know, I guess you can make the argument that the, the Mets lineup is really bad, too, but... Hey, they scored, what, seven, eight runs yesterday? You could build off that, right? I think I also find the Rays and Red Sox
0: over-under way too high. I, I think I like the, the under there. Ten runs for Yanni Chirinos and Rick
3: Porcello. That's a lot of runs. Yeah, Rick Porcello has pitched better as of late, too. I think I like the under when it comes to the Red Sox and the Rays. Mike, I know I sent you the link beforehand. Uh, did, you, did you have a best bet forever? Was there anything that was talking to you?
4: the one that the one non obvious one that jumped out at me uh I like the rangers tonight uh, over okay. the Oakland Athletics Lance Lynn has been pitching really well as of late and not I don't think getting enough credit for it uh, he's been the strikeouts have been up I actually Bit bid pretty aggressively on him in fantasy last week, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I would trust the the Rangers to beat up on Brett Anderson and uh, Lance Lynn to get the win tonight. All right, there you go. It's a good pick from Floria. How about that?
0: He likes the Rangers. Uh, minus 110 over the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm choosing the White Sox. Who you get plus money on, plus 106. I so was trying to give you a dog. And Frankie likes the over in the Mets game as he'll take over 7.5 Mets and Rockies from City Field. I actually wanted to go to this game. I don't even want to go with.
3: Yeah, you really you you, you were a uh, dynasty uh, Antonio Senzatella. Oh, I like the
4: oh, I feel me.
3: and David right. Dahl. Let cool. yeah, if, if
4: you want, in two weeks, I'm going to see the Rockies in San Francisco. If you want to meet me there for the game, not helpful. <laughs> Sorry. Not not helpful.
3: It's still the Rockies <laughs> playing against a team with orange. It's true. Yeah. Logo.
4: I
0: also like um, the under when it comes to the Red Sox and the Rays. or oh, do you want to throw that out as well.
3: And for anyone who might be listening on demand, if you're in our FanDuel contest, make sure that you set your yeah, lineup. Uh, it's, if you've been in it before, you just hit the Friends tab on the top of the FanDuel page, and you're already in the contest again. You just have to set your lineup. We'll be going live tonight, the main slate, at 7 p.m. Now I know Frank
0: teased this when I was out, uh, and it's true. We are changing times. Uh, a lot is in flux, obviously, at the moment. Yes, But I think starting next week, uh, I, I believe we'll be going back to two hours uh, and a little bit later on in the afternoon. Not back, as right. we originally thought. So, two hours, good. Uh, later on in the afternoon, good. Really no bad news here. Just be prepared for that. The so, podcast, if you're listening to podcast, may come out a little bit later.
3: All right. Makes sense. So that's, well, that, that's what we got. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out as well. Uh, as am I. <laughs> as am I. <laughs> of course, we're just, uh, we're just we're to be here. two guys here hanging out. Hanging out. Trying to figure out what's going on in the world. What are you doing this weekend, Frank? Uh, that is that is a great question. I think tonight, I'm going to be uh, watching the NBA Finals. I haven't figured out where yet. Um, really, I'm going to the Beer and Bacon Festival tomorrow. Oh,
0: it's tomorrow? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Have fun. Yes. I totally Fleur- I forgot till now. Florio, I don't have time to ask you what you're doing, but have a wonderful weekend. You too, guys. Follow this Patreon. Read what he writes. It's good. For Mike Florio and Frank Staple, I'm Greg Sussman. Get in the FanDuel game tonight at the Windows Up Next. We'll do it all again Monday, we hope.
1: Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom Channel. Oh,
2: so bad.